Thank you for firing up the Sunrise Church podcast. My name is Steve Garcia, and I am the lead pastor at Sunrise. We are a community of Jesus followers from all walks of life, all colors of skin, and all ages. And I hope this message you hear today inspires you to deepen your connection with Christ. Let's dive in. Every family is unique. It's made up of unique individuals under unique circumstances, resulting in unique family dynamics. No two families are alike. However, there is one thing that every single family has in common, change. Every family is in a constant state of change. Maybe in your family, there is a a newborn baby and you're experiencing the change of 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 someone who needs around the clock care. Maybe your family is going through divorce and everyone is forced to change and adapt to life in two places. Those of you with children, your kids are changing. Those cute little kids who used to light up when you walked in the room have become eye-rolling teenagers who close the door when you walk in the room. Your parents are changing. Some of you have some aging relatives. Maybe you've become the caretaker for your mother or father and have stepped into that disorienting season where you parent your parents. Some of you are newly married and you're figuring out how to start your own family apart from your biological family. There's all kinds of change we go through. Some people have gotten a change in their job and now the whole family has to relocate. Or a health setback has disrupted the family rhythms of the home. Or financial burdens have have strained family life. All of us at all times and in all families are going through change. And sometimes that change can get overwhelming. Maybe even today. You're carrying the weight of change that's taking place in your family. And you're, you're questioning God, why does everything have to change? Well, today as we continue this message series about the family, we want to talk about putting Christ at the center of change. Because when Christ is at the center, your family will be better. So to guide our time today, we're going to be in the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes, Now, this is a really interesting book. It's written probably by King Solomon, someone whose life was characterized by prosperity and indulgence. He tasted the best things that the world had to offer, and it left him feeling emptier than ever, causing him to to question it all and, and what is really the most important things. And at the beginning of Ecclesiastes 3, the, the teacher, or Solomon, begins with a poem that is both beautiful and haunting. Let's read it together, starting in verse one. He says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Our teacher begins by letting us know that life consists of many seasons that are constantly changing. And then he goes on to list several examples of that. So I want to read those and see if we can contextualize them for the family. Verse two, a time to be born and a time to die. The first season he mentioned are the most important ones, the beginning of life and the end of life. Both of these seasons rest in the hands of God alone. Only God ordains the moment of conception when life begins. And only God knows the hour 
when all of us will step out of this life and into eternity. Continues in verse two. A time to plant and a time to uproot. Many of you will experience seasons in your family that are marked by investment, putting seeds in the ground and hoping that they take root. This can be one of the hardest seasons you will ever have. Praying for that, that difficult relative who, who will not accept Christ into their life. Loving that hardened teenager who keeps pushing you away. Carefully planting gospel seeds in people's lives. And there are also seasons where you get to enjoy the return on your investment. Celebrating wedding anniversaries and experiencing the birth of grandchildren and seeing people come to Christ. He continues, a time to kill and a time to heal. Now Solomon certainly wasn't advocating murder. The word used for kill here refers to something more judicious such as capital punishment or self-defense or even just war. And this is a little harder to contextualize for the family, but it could mean, you know, for some of you, you're in situations where in your family you have to enforce some hard consequences due to somebody's action. And there are also seasons of healing where the weapons are laid down and peace reigns and relationships are restored. A time to tear down and a time to build. You're gonna find in your families that there are, there are certain barriers that are gonna need to come down. Maybe an outside influence is, is causing trouble in your family or a, a financial situation. Somebody's spending is out of control and it's affecting others and there's times where those things are gonna have to come down and then we're gonna have to rebuild it establish some new family rhythms, maybe some new house rules, some new commitments made in the family. A time to weep and a time to laugh. Our families are often our greatest source of joy and often our greatest source of pain. At times, we're crying tears because it's, things have been difficult. And other times, we're crying tears because we're laughing so hard. A time to mourn and a time to dance. Men seem to do this every Sunday. It's called the NFL playoffs. One second, you're dancing around and pumping your fists. The next second, you're screaming at the television, vowing that you'll never root for this team ever again until next season. <laughs> but in all seriousness, every single one of us at some point is gonna enter into a season of loss. It could be the loss of a marriage. It could be the loss of a dream. Maybe even the loss of life. And in such cases, mourning is the appropriate response. And there will be seasons where you are so excited you can't help but dance. Some of you got no rhythm. Can't dance if your life depended on it and your body starts moving, your kids are begging you to stop whatever it is that you call dancing, but you're gonna tell them, nope, we're in a season of dancing, you're just gonna have to deal with these sweet moves. <laughs> Verse five, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. There's gonna be times where your family is going to have to, to hunker down and lock arms and get through this together. And a season in which you're gonna need to release your family out into the world to make an impact. 
a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. There's gonna be times and seasons in your life where your relationships will be marked by deeper connection and intimacy and also times in your family where you're gonna need to establish some healthy boundaries and appropriate distance. A time to search and a time to give up. We will all have seasons where we, we need to be diligent Times we're going to feel like giving up, but we have to keep going. And also seasons where we determine that what we're looking for is just never going to be found. A time to keep and a time to throw away. There are certain things in your family that you're going to want to hold on to because they're important. Family traditions or events, even possessions. And other seasons where you'll look at those same things and say, things have changed Time has run its course and we need to move on. A time to tear and a time to mend. There's gonna be times in your family where you're gonna have to to tear some things away. You're gonna have to make some hard decisions, draw some lines in the sand and say, things cannot continue to go the way they're going. And times where you will sew these things back together, where the family will come together in unity and say, this is just not worth fighting over. A time to be silent and a time to speak. There's gonna be seasons in your life where you can't say nothing. You can't just walk away. Your family needs your compassion. They need your wisdom. They need your voice. And other seasons where you have to show up and shut up. Where your words are not gonna be as important as you being present. A time to love and a time to hate. We'll experience loving seasons, seasons characterized by forgiveness, selflessness, and greater affection for one another. And seasons of hate, where we hate what's going on in our families. We hate the sin in our own lives. We hate the circumstances ripping our families apart. A time for war and a time for peace. There's gonna be seasons in life where you're gonna have to fight for your family Fight for your marriage, fight for your purity, fight for the truth, and also seasons where you get to enjoy the blessing of victory, where you can rest and thank God for bringing your family over another hurdle. And as you look through these seasons, I'm sure you notice that each one has its counterpart. For every positive, a negative. For every blessing, a challenge. And this this constantly changing cycle of life uh, left Solomon asking this question, verse nine, what do workers gain from their toil? In other words, how do we make sense of it all? How do we navigate through all of this change? Every time I adjust to one season, the target moves. And Solomon questioned God in this. It's not that he didn't believe in God, he just questioned his place in it all. And maybe you can relate. Maybe in the midst of the change you're facing, you've you've lost sight of Jesus. And so today I wanna help you get focused up. Today I wanna give you some ways that you could put Christ at the center of change. So I wanna give you a a couple of of things that I've put, put into words that hopefully can be of some help to you. So if you're taking notes, jot this down. Here's the first one. Number one, embrace the season. Don't just escape the season. Whenever we enter into a season, 
We always want something different. But what if God is wanting you to park? What if he has something for you right here, right now? We'll miss that if we just go sprinting for the exits. As the teacher considered all these changing seasons, this is what he said in verse 10. I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. What's the burden he's referring to? It's the burden of constantly searching for happiness and never finding it. And so the trap that many of us fall in is that that thing that will finally make us happy is in the next season. But we never find it. We're never truly happy. I mean, just go back to your childhood. When you were little, what's the number one thing you wanted? You wanted to be older. You know, when, when I get older, I'm going to get to stay up later and watch rated R movies, and my siblings won't pick on me. If you ever meet a 15-year-old who gets within six months of their next birthday, they are not 15, they are 15 and a half. And they will remind you of that if you try to say they're 15. Like, I can't be associated with those 15-year-olds. I'm closer to 16. When you get older, what's the number one thing you want? To be younger. Somebody asks you how old you are. Say, oh, I'm in my 40s. You're 54. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm closer to my 40s than I am my 60s. Ah, got it. (laughs) When you're single, all you want to do is get married. When you're married, get in one little fight. Ah, it was so much better when I was single. You know, when I I had little ones, I remember just changing their diapers and just saying, oh, I cannot wait until I don't have to change diapers again. Now I walk into my son's room, it smells worse than a dirty diaper. I'm like, oh, I I yearn for the days where all I had to smell was a dirty diaper. (laughs) I mean, all of us, we get into a season and we just want to move to another one. But what if God wants you to embrace this season? What if he's got something for you in it? Listen to his words. Solomon continues in verse 12. He says, I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. Now be careful that you don't interpret this to mean that the number one thing you're supposed to do in life is whatever makes you happy living in some self-centered bubble with no regard for others. That's not what he's saying. What he is saying is that it is possible to find satisfaction in every single season, both the good and the bad. Not perfect satisfaction, that's impossible, but it is possible to find goodness and joy in every season, even the hard ones. And when you know someone who's going through a hard season, there's a little uh, phrase that we like to say. We say, this too shall pass. Your relationships on the rocks, this too shall pass. Your kids are going through some hardship, this too shall pass. You have a relative who's sick, this too shall pass. And I think we mean well. I I think what we're trying to do is to be encouraging but what we might not realize that we're unintentionally reinforcing is that the next season is more important than the current one. But what if God wants you to lean in, not run out? 
The fact is that it is possible to find satisfaction in every season. And in hard ones, this is true. All of us in here, if you've ever been through a hard season, you know that it's in these times that God often forges something within us that's meaningful. He wastes nothing. And what he often does in us is he, he, he creates something that is deep and rich and a well of context that we draw out of for the rest of our lives. In fact, I'm willing to guess that there's people in this room who will look back on a difficult season of your life and actually miss it. Because you, you remember what was going on. You actually miss that, that reckless faith of trusting in God with the next step. You miss how your relationships deepen because you were in the fires together. Through retrospect, you could see God's hand ordaining all of these things. And you can, you, you can look back and realize God was with me. There's goodness and joy that you could find even in the hard seasons now. And the same is true for the good seasons. When you are in a good season, it's important to acknowledge it. Thank God for it. God, thank you for this financial margin. Thank you for this sweet time with my parents. Thank you for my kids, for my cousins, for my grandparents, for my pets, the fur children. You know, all you animal lovers, they're part of the family too, right? And, you know, when you're in a good season, acknowledge it. The problem for so many of us is that we don't even realize we're in a good season until something changes and then we look back and realize, oh, that was a good season. But what if, what if we could find the goodness and joy in the season God has for us right here and right now, not someday looking back? Solomon said this in Ecclesiastes 3.11, he has made everything beautiful in its time. It is possible to find satisfaction in the good seasons. It's possible to find satisfaction in the hard seasons. Don't automatically jump to this too shall pass. Here's my second point. Remind yourself, this too shall pass. <laughs> now, at the risk of being confusing, let me clarify, this is not an either or, it's a, it's a both end. It is possible to both embrace the season that you're in, find out what God is trying to show you in this season and remind yourself that no season lasts forever. It's important to note that the phrase, this too shall pass, is not found in the Bible anywhere. Now, there's plenty of passages that express that same sentiment. For example, Solomon's father, David, wrote this in Psalm 30, verse five, weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. So in this case, David used the metaphor of night giving way to dawn as a way of explaining the changing of seasons. This too shall pass. But as for the actual origin of that phrase, we don't really quite know where it came from. There's a lot of legends around it. Ironically, one of the most prominent ones dates all the way back to King Solomon. As the story goes, a man was going through hardships, and so he visited Jerusalem to seek wisdom from the king. And Solomon gave him a ring and inscribed the words on the inside of the ring that said, this too shall pass. 
And this became such an encouragement to the man that the phrase grew legs and it was used over the years. Now, I don't know if that story is true, but what I do know is that no season lasts forever. Remember how Ecclesiastes 3 began. He said, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. What is a season? A season is a time period that has a starting point and an ending point. Just think of the seasons of weather. Now we live here in Southern California and we get some of the best weather in the world. Our longest seasons tend to be summer and spring, which I'm okay with because I've lived in some places where winter was the longest season. I lived in the Midwest where winter moved in October and it moved out in May. There's many a Mother's Day I've spent in snowstorms, okay? But whether you live in the Midwest or you live in California, you can have a relative confidence in when a season starts and when a season ends. The seasons of life are similar in that way in that they have a starting point and an ending point, but where they are significantly different is that you and I don't know when the season starts and we often don't know when it ends. And it's important for us to remind ourselves that no season lasts forever. This is particularly true if you're going through a difficult season because the temptation is to believe that this is never gonna change. How things are now is how they will always be. We'll be tempted to believe that God just dropped you in a pit and walked away. But we have to remember that no season lasts forever. And if you're struggling through this, a great place to find encouragement in the Bible is in the Psalms. David wrote most of the Psalms over the course of many changing seasons in his life. And sometimes it's helpful to just see it play out in somebody else's life. Let me give you an example. This is Psalm 13, verse one. David says, how long, Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Five chapters later, Psalm 18. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, the rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I have been saved from my enemies. Psalm 13, when will you save me from my enemies? Psalm 18, praise you, Lord, you saved me from my enemies. Sometimes that's how life goes. The seasons change. And when you're going through a hard season, remind yourself, God, I know you have something in this for me. I wanna embrace that and this too shall pass. Those of you who are languishing in a season of unemployment, all it takes is for the phone to ring once from that potential employer and your season changes. For those of you who are losing confidence that this relationship between parents and children can be restored, all it takes is that one inciting incident to push you into a season of healing. To those of you wrestling with loneliness, all it takes is that one God-ordained encounter and you enter into a new season of relationships. They're not gonna last forever. Remind yourself in the hard seasons, it'll help you to persevere. And this is also true for the good seasons. 
by reminding yourself this too shall pass, it'll help you in the good seasons to be more content and more present. Let me give you an example. Um, I have a little five-year-old and I'm just watching him grow up before my very eyes. He's not a little baby anymore. His clothes aren't fitting him right. He's turned into a little man, feet getting all big. You know, one of the things I love to do is I love to scoop him up and hold him in my arms and give him hugs and, and kisses. Because you know, I look at my, my oldest son, my teenager, and I remember when I used to do that for him. And you know what's interesting? I was never told when the season of me holding him would end. It just happened. I never woke up one morning and heard from God saying, Steve, uh, your child is about to hit a growth spurt and he's gonna be too big to hold and he's moving into a new season of independence and he's not gonna want his old man carrying him anymore, anymore. So make sure that on this day you pick him up because it's gonna be the last day. I never got that. It just happened. I just entered into a new season and before I knew it, they were grown. And all of us, when in good seasons, also have to remind ourselves, this too shall pass. You don't say it in a somber way, you know, waiting for the other shoe to drop, but in a way of embracing this moment and realizing that no season lasts forever. Your hard seasons will not last forever. Your good seasons will not last forever. This too shall pass. So, number one, embrace the season. Don't just escape the season. Number two, remind yourself, this too shall pass. Here's the third one. See your struggle as God's signal. What do I mean by that? You might not know this, but God created you with a signal inside that every time you experience the sting of change, that signal echoes within your soul and beckons you to another life. Look at these words in Ecclesiastes 3.11. He, God, has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. This verse and the powerful truth contained therein can be a powerful perspective-shaking understanding as you go through change. Do you realize that God wove into your very DNA a homing beacon. And every time you wrestle with the reality of fleeting moments, every time you grieve the changing of one season to another, every time you feel the pain of change, that signal starts beeping and causing you to yearn for eternity with God. You see, the reality is that all of us live bound by time. We're, we're in the seasons, a time to be born and a time to die, which is why God put in us a yearning for eternity. All of us yearn to be outside of time. Think about this. One of the primary sources for your stress, for your worry, for your anxiety is time. I have to make sure I accomplish these things before a certain age. I gotta make sure I, 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 I spend time with my kids because I know I won't have it forever. I gotta make sure I take advantage of this because I don't know how much longer the window of opportunity is gonna remain open. But imagine a life where time is no longer in the equation. 
That's what God put in your heart. And when you place your faith in Jesus, you have the promise of heaven to look forward to in which we are no longer bound by time. He removes the very source of all that stress. I mean, imagine being in eternity with Jesus and just deciding, you know what, I want to go explore the world. And you don't have to worry about how long you're going to be gone, the people you leave behind, what they're doing, if they're going to be okay. You're going to see them again. And then imagine saying, you know what, I don't feel like traveling the world. I'm just going to sit here at the feet of Jesus and listen to him teach. And you know what, if I want to go explore the world, I'll go do that in a couple hundred years. In heaven, there is no rush. There is no stress. There's no fear of missing out. It's outside of time. That's part of the yearning he put in our hearts. And at the center of this timeless eternity is Jesus, the unchanging one. Listen to what Solomon said in verse 14. I know that everything God does will last forever. There is no adding to it or taking from it. God works so that people will be in awe of him. One of the reasons why we, our, our hearts yearn for eternity is because we're experiencing so much change and we just want to be with the one who never changes. He put that in you on purpose. Jesus never changes. That ought to stir some awe in you. You see, when we look at people who never change, that kind of saddens us, doesn't it? Like you see somebody like, oh, they haven't changed. Like, is she ever going to grow up? He's still the same crotchety old man that I've known for years. He never changes. You know, it kind of feels sad. But what if you're perfect and you never change? See, Jesus is not moody. He's not hot and cold. He's not worrying about tomorrow. He's not anxiously pacing the throne room of heaven. He's not on an emotional roller coaster. He's not inconsistent. He's not indecisive. He's not inconsolable. Jesus is perfectly stable, perfectly in control, perfectly dependable, perfectly accessible. He's the perfect father, the perfect leader, the perfect lover, and he never changes. And when we feel all that change, something in our hearts signals of how much we need the unchanging one. And if you place your faith in Jesus, there will come a time in your life where you get to see him face to face and just be in awe of him. But until then, we're just gonna need to be in awe of what he's already done. Namely this, that every season you and I have ever gone through, Jesus has gone through it too. Let's just look at these again. A time to be born and a time to die. Jesus left heaven and came to earth to be born of a human mother in Bethlehem and a time to die. He, he lived into his adulthood, spent three years in public ministry and then laid down his perfect life as a substitute for our sins. A time to plant and a time to uproot. Jesus came and taught people all the things they needed to learn and taught people all the things they needed to unlearn. A time to kill and a time to heal. Jesus was killed by his own people, but by his stripes we are healed. A time to tear down and a time to build. Jesus tore down a religion based on ethnicity, class, and good works, and built up 
a, a movement of those who put their faith in Jesus, which we now know as the church. A time to weep and a time to laugh. Jesus was funny. He used humorous illustrations. He let children climb on him like a jungle gym. And yet, when his friend died, he wept because he saw the pain sin and death cause us. A time to mourn and a time to dance. Jesus danced at weddings, and yet he mourned over Jerusalem, over all the people who would turn their back on him. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. Jesus invested for three years in his disciples and then turned him loose on the world to spread his word. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Jesus embraced the outcasts, those with diseases, those with disabilities, and he also shut others out. He chased moneylenders out of the temple courts and he rebuked corrupt religious leaders. A time to search and a time to give up. Jesus spent three years looking for lost sheep before he finally surrendered his life to his enemies. A time to keep and a time to throw away. Jesus said to hold on to him, but we've gotta be willing to throw anything away, including our very lives for his sake. A time to tear and a time to mend. When Jesus died, the curtain in the temple tore in half, symbolizing the separation between God and man. And in the process, he mended the relationship that was lost in the Garden of Eden. A time to be silent and a time to speak. Jesus at times boldly preached in the face of extreme pressure, and yet before his captors, he remained silent like a lamb going to the slaughter. A time to love and a time to hate. Jesus taught, you can't serve two masters. You gotta love one and hate the other. A time for war and a time for peace. People declared war on Jesus, getting him arrested and ultimately killing him. And that war rages to this very day in various ways and in various places. But Jesus also left us his peace when he said, take heart, I have overcome the world. And every single time you feel that struggle with change, just know that the tower in heaven is sending a signal into your heart that's saying, hang on just a little longer and then it's time to come home. Friends, Jesus is not someone who is distant and aloof and unable to understand what you're going through. He went through every season we walked through and more. But here's the crazy part. He didn't have to do it. He chose to do it. He chose to leave heaven. He chose to live among us. He chose to lay down his life. Why? Because he loves you. He loves you so much he traded his own life for yours to pay the debt caused by our sin so that we wouldn't have to pay for it. And all he asks in return is our faith. Our faith that he is God. Our faith that only he can save us. We can't save ourselves. And the faith that he is worthy for us to trust him with our very lives. Have you trusted Jesus with your life? I'm not talking about believing he is real. I'm talking about trusting him with your life. Today, Jesus wants to have a personal relationship with you. Would you like to pray to receive him into your life? What I wanna do is I wanna ask everybody to close your eyes and I wanna ask you a question. Have you ever, by faith, invited Jesus to be the center of your life? 
If your answer is, I don't know or no, then let's let today be the day where you are certain. And so I wanna give you a prayer that you could repeat after me in the silence of your own heart. These are empty words unless you believe them by faith. So if you're ready to give your life to Jesus, I want you to pray this straight up to heaven in the silence of your own heart. Jesus, I put my trust in you. You tell him, Jesus, I put my trust in you. I believe you are God. I believe you died in my place. And I ask that you forgive me of my many sins. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Change my heart so I could leave my old ways behind and live a life that honors you. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time today, I wanna encourage you to take another step. On your programs here is a little perforated card and at the bottom is a thing that says, I said yes, I pray to receive Christ. Just fill that out and tear off this card and in a moment, our ushers are gonna collect today's offering. Just drop that right in the bag and one of our staff people will get a hold of that, follow up with you and help you understand this exciting new journey that you've just stepped foot in. If you've already prayed to receive Jesus, but you wanna take that next step of growth, we got a lot of opportunities to do so. So just grab your phone and text the word next to 909-281-7797. One of our staff people will exchange a few messages with you to help you customize what that next step may look like. Maybe you wanna get more deeply involved at the church or baptized or become a member or you wanna get in a small group or serve. Maybe you need assistance or just someone to talk to. Text next to 909-281-7797. We also have a next step table right out in the lobby with people who are ready to have those conversations with you face-to-face -to -face today. Friends, next week, we're gonna continue in this family series by talking about putting Christ at the center of suffering. Why do good things happen to bad people? And how do I help my family navigate through suffering? We're gonna address those next week. Think about who you can invite with you to come to church to hear this message. Until then, let's put Christ at the center of change. Let's embrace the season, not just escape the season. Let's remind ourselves that this too shall pass and let's see our struggle as God's signal. And may all of us walk out of here today knowing this, that our only hope in an ever-changing world is to hope in an everlasting God. Amen? Amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. I wanna encourage you to not just stop here, Maybe you sense God is speaking to you today and wanting you to take that next step. So here's two ways you can do just that. The first is text the word next to the number 909-281-7797. That's 909-281-7797. You'll receive a message back with some ways to help you grow. That may mean joining a small group or finding a place to serve or just talking with someone one-to-one -one about your faith. You can also visit the notes for this podcast and follow the links provided. And if you're within driving distance of one of our four physical locations in Banning, Ontario, Rialto, or Victorville, we'd love for you to stop by sometime and give us a chance to meet you personally. Again, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope to see you soon. God bless.